do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuber list. This show is like, uh, exists because you can't just watch movies and TV and read books and play video games and experience the internet without talking about it or it will... Just sit in your brain and slowly drive you insane. You need to get that shit out of there. And that's what I'm doing here. Getting the shit out. Uh, you may not have experienced some of this shit yourself, so please be warned of that possibility. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, way to go, you weirdo, hopping on episode number 436. I love you for doing that. Uh, you should know that it's broken up into five five-minute segments. I push a timer. It'll start these five five-minute segments. Sometimes I even pay attention to the timer. Sometimes I don't. Today I'm going to try to because I got uh, another... Uh, I want to play some uh, PUBG. So, you know, timer away, let's say. Boop. Ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> uh, let's you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Deckard, Deckard Replicant Training Facility. Yes, you replicant. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, if you're following a wrong, a wrong or along, is Moonraker. Because I'm watching at least one James Bond movie a week. Uh, spoiler alert, I only watched one this week. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I think almost since I started doing this, I, I've been jamming it in two a week. But no. Not this one. And unfortunately for this thing that I'm doing, this is not a very good one. Uh, yeah, something about Moonraker. Uh, let me read the IMDA so maybe they'll tell us why. James Bond investigates the mid-air theft of a space shuttle and discovers a plot to commit global genocide. So that sounds pretty interesting. Um, was it? I, I, I don't <laughs> It. Yeah, I'm speechless, apparently. Uh, what I'm not speechless about is the fact that this movie, <clears throat> of all the James Bond movies I've watched so far, and I think in general just from memory, because I've, I've seen all of these, I've seen every one, uh, has the least memorable scenes. Like, I, I can't really re remember anything of this movie. Uh, I even remember, uh, I remember not remembering, and, and that's saying something. And what I mean by that, I finished watching this, 
uh, I, I wrote down in my show notes, such as they are, which is basically just the name of the uh, the name of the mood V and a link to the IMDb. Not that I really do anything with that. Uh, and immediately realized I, I can't remember a single goddamn thing of this movie. It has a, a good version of Jaws. He's he's in there. Um, the the main bad guy. His name is Drax. That's cool. There's some space stuff. Uh, it's just not good in terms of James Bond, in, uh, as far as rela- uh, memorability, I think, is a feeling I had, I think, even going into it. So for that reason, we'll just go uh, 3 out of 5, and maybe less. Uh, 3, if you are the new person that I mentioned earlier, just means uh, I had enjoyment while I was watching it, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. And, uh, you know, if I ever do this, which I do every, you know, decade or so, watch all the James Bond movies, uh, it's not like I would leave this one out. It's just uh, I don't re- don't like it and don't remember it. <clears throat> okay, moving on to Blade Runner 2049. Oh, interesting. And so is my voice. Something's happening to it. <clears throat> Weird. Okay, uh, so Blade Runner also, I'm going to sort of, similar to Moonraker, in that Moonraker, Blade Runner, sounds similar, uh, the, the titles anyways, uh, b- but similar in th- the fact that I saw Blade Runner, uh, I don't know how many years ago, and I don't really remember what happened in it. Uh, this is sort of a, a, a movie that people love, uh, a movie that I, at the very least, think is overrated, which I almost never say things like this, especially very popular movies. I tend to like them because I like all movies. But but Blade Runner, it's just it's a good sci-fi movie. Uh, you know, this one I'm gonna put in a similar category. Um, I had to, and I have it open here. I'm not gonna read it since I'm wasting time. Uh, I had to uh, research the plot of this movie because it didn't make any sense. Uh, as someone who watches five movies plus a week, I think I'm pretty good at understanding plots of movies. Uh, but this one, uh, I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't know what was happening. There's some cool scenes, some cool set pieces, but, uh, overall, uh, I didn't really care for it that much. Uh, rating wise, we'll go similar three with some, the, the plot will give less than three. Some of the cool things that happen, some of the cool tech will give you a four. So there you go. It's really running the gamut, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, next we have uh, the highlight of these movies, Train to Busan, which uh, I've heard of for quite a while now and finally uh, uh, got a, my hands on a copy of it. Uh, and, and plus... Uh, because this is in Korean, uh, the language, that is, uh, I find I have to sort of put aside a time to watch it, because, uh, if you're unfamiliar, normally I watch movies while playing video games, and vice versa, uh, as you could see on my Twitch channel, LibroCube is the name, uh, but, uh, when a movie has subtitles, as this does, that's obviously not an option, so, uh, you gotta sort of sit down and actually pay attention to it, which I find is good to get you more engrossed than it does otherwise, which should come as no surprise, uh, cause you're watching and reading, so it's two parts of your brain that you're using, I think. Uh, while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive 
on the train from Seoul to Busan. Interesting. Uh, yeah, not your average, ordinary, everyday zombie movie on several levels. Korean, of course. Uh, on a train. Cool idea. <laughs> this has come up uh, more times than I can count. Uh, and you know, did they ever really get on top of the train? I don't think they did. Uh, yeah, just the idea of you can make anything interesting, be it uh, a fight, be it uh, what movie was it where there, there was like a, a horse chase. Uh, I think it was, uh, oh shit, Tonto, Lone Ranger, Lone Ranger. I, I think there was like a horse chase on top of a train. Anyways, uh, I think I even said on a past podcast, you could have a chess match on top of the train. And as long as it's on top of the train, it's going to be interesting. So taking a zombie movie and then adding the element of trains? Genius. Uh, rating wise, geez, can I go a five? Uh, my rating is I'm debating going five, but I don't know if I can. Moving on to the final movie. Uh, what's it called? California Typewriter is a documentary about typewriters. Today's television talk sponsor is the Saitama Strength Training VHS. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're talking television, of course, as the name implies, but specifically One Punch Man. Yes! Yes! I goddamn love the show. This is one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Uh, five out of five? No, this is getting a six out of five. Uh, I get the itch for uh, anime every once in a while. Uh, uh, you know what? I also get the itch every once in a while to rewatch Dragon Ball Z uh, from the beginning, as I still have a little bit, but this definitely has helped scratch that itch. It's uh, taking the insanity of Dragon Ball Z, uh, upping it, and then also realizing that uh, sp uh the, the characters with such in insane powers uh there's gonna be some comedy there uh, the, the, in this case if you're unfamiliar with one punch man uh he is a superhero uh he can defeat any adversary you guessed it with one punch uh this is taking the the idea of uh, superman uh, how he's supposedly, and this makes sense, uh, often hard to write for in terms of stories because he's basically invincible and nothing can stop him. Uh, I would say, when it comes to One Punch Man, even more powerful than Superman to the degree that he is bored uh, and sort of always on the lookout for the possibility of a good fight but never finding one. Uh... He'll come across some insane bad guys over the course of this first season, I should say. Specify that we're talking first season. I, I think second season's in development. Uh, and, and that's where one of my sort of loves of the show comes in as well. And this is something I must have mentioned over the course of the many years and episodes I've done this podcast. My love of things like this, like uh, X-Men, like uh, Justice League... Uh, 
um, anything where, and, and I've boiled it, I've boiled it down even further. It doesn't have to be superhero-y. Uh, teams or groups of uh, people that all have sort of different powers. I, the, you had me at teams and groups of people that all have different powers. Let's let's put it that way. There's there's something about that where you could sort of. Maybe it's, you can imagine all the possibilities of what these varying different powers can have. So, uh, One Punch Man, no one's sort of heard of him in this universe, despite him being obviously the most powerful creature living in it. Um, and yet there is a, a, a sort of a Justice League, I guess you would say, a, a league of superheroes that's uh, that's uh, operating in these cities. Uh, and, and I can never really figure out the cities or... Like, is it one giant country that's made up of different cities? That's sort of what it felt like. Like, it's cities numbered... Uh, were they numbered or lettered? I think they were numbered. From 1 to 9, I think they were. So they call it, like, oh, there's an emergency in City 2. Uh, which superhero is there that could help? And then they'll put out the call. Um, but it always had sort of the feel that it was more of a country than a city. Anyways, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, and then all the superheroes on this team are sort of ranked, and there's hundreds of them from, uh, I think, D to S, which, uh, let's deal with that ranking. Uh, after A, you go to S. This is a sort of Japanese video game thing quite often. Like, uh, I think Devil May Cry time I came across that. Anyways, that's also neither here for nor there. Um, so the sort of uh, uh, story starts off with uh, One Punch Man um, coming across a superhero who wants to learn from him. Uh, and that's the other sort of confusing thing is that he gets his powers from uh, back in the day. He had a very strong exercise regimen. <laughs> uh, so he, it was never some sort of mystical thing. He just like worked really hard uh, and became the super strong dude. Uh, it's funny, it's well written, it's insane, and I love One Punch Man. Watch it. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Today's Book Banter sponsor is Micromail. It doesn't chafe. All right, uh, I wanted to start off the year with my favorite author, and that is Mr. Terry Pratchett. Uh, I fortunately have come to the realization that I've really, really slowed down. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the author Terry Pratchett, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he's got a shit ton of books, uh, a grand majority of which take place in... The Discworld, which, if you're unfamiliar, is a world similar to ours, other than the fact that it's shaped like a disc riding on the back of four elephants, which in turn are riding on the back of a, a giant flying tortoise that is flying through space. But other than that, and that there's magic and stuff... Uh... Yeah, anyways, uh, so there's a bunch of uh, novels, like this is the 37th I'm reading here that takes place in this universe... Uh, and, and I sort of slowed down in reading them because I realized there wasn't going to be any more. So eventually I'm going to reach the point where I'll get to the last one and there just won't be any more, which is incredibly sad. But my realization I've uh, somewhat recently had 
is I reread books from time to time. Like, it's, it's not something I never do. So I can start back at the beginning and experience them all over again. Uh, and and uh, because I started reading these when I was a much younger man, I don't really remember, like, what happened in the first book, per se. It's been so long. So uh, probably you will see uh, more often than you have already um, me uh, bring back Terry Pratchett books. You know what? I, I'm curious. I, I wonder... So I started this in 2012. I wonder what book was the first I brought back on a... It would have been a book by Wednesday back then. Okay, so uh, this one in particular is called Unseen Academicals. Uh, it takes place primarily with the... Uh, uh, what thing? Uh, sorry, uh, Unseen University, which is the magical Hogwarts-esque... Uh, but with old people, <laughs> uh, university, uh, and their desire, nay, must to start a football team. <laughs> so picture a group of old wizard dudes, and they have to, for reasons, <laughs> uh, start a football team uh, in this uh, giant fantasy-ish city. Fantasy-ish because... Despite the fact that this is a fantasy world where there's dwarves and trolls and magic and stuff, uh, that never really takes the forefront. Uh, like, you could, somehow, some way, it wouldn't be as good, and maybe some things wouldn't make sense, but you could potentially take out all magic, turn all the dwarves into just short guys, <laughs> and still have this story make sense. Uh, and the story. Uh, my love of Terry Pratchett... Uh, I think comes from the fact that he writes, uh, and this is unfair of him and definitely <laughs> high praise for me, which doesn't make sense. Uh, he writes the way I feel like I want to write. Yeah, okay, let me phrase it that way. So, see, I was going to say he writes the way I write, but he writes the way I wish to write. Yeah, uh, with sort of flowing... Uh, flowing verbiage from one thing to the next. There's no chapters. It just sort of moves from one thing to the other. Uh, it's really something you have to read and experience for yourself. It's it's hard to explain. I'm sure people out there have done so. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, cover, and it's uh, of course the librarian who just this just an example of things that could happen in a Discworld novel. The librarian. Uh, who is famously a orangutan, uh, was turned into an orangutan uh, and could potentially have turned himself back, but just decided, you know what, he kind of likes being an orangutan and it helps him get around uh, the, the giant shelves of the library there. So that's just a little taste of this crazy thing. Oh boy. Folks, we're moving on to something else now. What? Today's Game Gavin is a double television talk. And its sponsor is Breen Helmet Lube. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yes, yes, yes. You heard it here. Um, 
didn't have a game per se. I'll have one next week, though. Uh, so decided I had so much television to uh, that I'd recently finished that uh, I, I better cross some of it off the list. Specifically, and this is one that's been coming for a while, uh, the missus and I have finally, finally finished Deep Space Nine, uh, final season, season, season seven. I have a theory that it is the best final season of any television show just ever, period, full stop. Uh, we made, uh, and, and this is why The Misses is great, we made sort of like a day of the, the final episode. It's, I don't know uh, at the time if it was a two-parter or just like a really long episode, but it's like a movie-length episode. So uh, we sort of had a nice meal. Uh, we sort of made a night of watching the final episode of this show, uh, which just an incredible thing for her to do, because uh, despite the fact that uh, I did turn her into a fan of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which I never thought would happen in a million years, uh, you, you know, this is not often uh, you're a cup of tea of a wife. <laughs> Uh, let's say it. Yeah, let's say it that way. Anyways, uh, both of us, probably me more than her, at the final episode, tear shedding, uh, it just felt like an end of an era. Um, this is probably my fifth or sixth watching of the show. Uh, I The first DVDs I ever bought were Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the like entire series, and this. Uh, Deep Space Nine, the entire series. Uh, if you haven't seen... Uh, if you haven't seen, you need to watch, but here's another caveat I want to make. If you've seen episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, or the old series, or even Voyager, if you've seen those and they haven't really been your cup of tea, don't rule out the possibility of watching Deep Space Nine, because it is unlike any of the other Star Treks before or since. Uh, it has to do, and this is a theory that I'm not making up, I'm pretty sure I've heard it before, with the fact that all those other shows take place on ships zooming through space, whereas this is a space station. So it is, by the name <laughs> indicating, uh, stationary. It's sort of just sitting in one spot, uh, which gave them, I think, much more opportunity to focus on character rather than, uh, oh, here, let's go to this planet and see this cool alien. Uh, you know, cool aliens are going to pop by, obviously, but... I think the character development in this show is way better than any of the other ones, which is probably why at the end when all the fucking, you know, it's coming to the end and good and bad is happening, uh, bitter and sweet, you sort of, uh, at least I did, and the missus did as well, shed some tears. Okay, uh, I also wanted to uh, jam in here the first two episodes back of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, season 1, it would be, even though they took a little weird break there. Uh, so this would be Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 10 and 11. Uh, you know what did he do? No, uh, okay, so Episode 10, cool right off the bat, directed by Jonathan Frakes, who you may know as William Riker from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, okay, so we learn... Uh, and it happens fairly quickly. Uh, if you remember from the previous episode, they were flung into somewhere in space. They didn't know where they were. Uh, it turns out, and I think I, despite being good at avoiding spoilers, I, I think I did maybe hear something about this. 
before going in. Uh, they're not in a in a Star Trek Voyager style lost in space somewhere far, far away. No, no, no. They are instead in the alternate evil universe. Or as the Mrs. and I would call it, because they do this in uh, Deep Space Nine as well, uh, the sexy universe, where everyone's sort of sexed up a little bit for some reason. Uh, so, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I was trying to think. So, uh, the the whole evil, the whole evil universe thing started in uh, Star Trek, the, the the original series or TOS if you prefer. Uh, they did it in. Uh, Deep Space Nine, definitely. They did quite a few episodes. Uh, so they've done it in this. Uh, did they ever do it in Enterprise? I don't think they did. Uh, did they ever do it in The Next Generation? I can't remember. And I don't think they would have done it in Voyager because they were, like, way far away. I don't know. Uh, that, that's curious. Uh, which of them did it? I, I should look into that. Mental note to yourself. Uh, okay, so uh, they're sort of uh, in the first episode, uh, rather episode 10, figuring out that and figuring out how to get back, that sort of idea. Um, they're doing a lot of, in episode 11, uh, as the crew continues their guise, uh, Burnham undergoes a merciless mission in hopes of helping the USS Discovery return home. Uh, and then they try to uh, help the engineer dude to come back from, you know, being insane, I guess he is. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of them pretending to be their evil counterparts, which is pretty cool. Uh, I love the fact that uh, Tilly uh, is basically forced to pretend to be the evil captain. Uh, that just tickled me to no end. Uh, love that. Love the show. Um... Yay. Yay, Star Trek. Just period. Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Language Centers of the Brain. Thank you for that sponsorship. She out. Uh, okay, so uh, first thing I wanted to do at first, which I've never done before, is from my perspective, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the episode that just came out last week was, uh, and, and I mean of this podcast, I'm talking, oh, interesting, interesting, oh, now I got you interested, was uh, one titled My Favorite Episode. So, in a podcast first, uh, I just wanted to say that if you are, well, see, this doesn't make sense, if you're listening to this and not liking it, maybe go back and listen to my favorite episode, which is titled My Favorite Episode from a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know what it was. I, I think it's because I just sort of let flow uh, what I was saying and sort of didn't pay attention to the timer and talked about uh, actual brain feelings and things. So it was sort of... Uh, it was recorded at the end of a day, I remember, where I had some sort of personal 
discoveries about myself and, uh, and things like that. So it sort of re-energized my desire to podcast a little bit. So I thought I would mention it here. Hey, why not? Talking about my own podcast on this, my own podcast? It's insane. But it just goes to show anything is possible in the world of podcasting. For example, you made it weird with guest Pendulette. Yes, Pete Holmes. Uh, his podcast, You Made It Weird, where he will always curve eventually into uh, talking about religion, uh, had on my favorite atheist, anyways, Mr. Pendulette, who you may know from, well, the opening of this podcast. Oh, God. Everything's connected, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that's not why I brought it back. Uh, I, I brought it back is because you have a uh, podcaster in the form of Pete Holmes uh, speaking uh, about a subject that he likes to talk about with everyone, regardless of what they do. Speaking with someone who uh, has their own podcast, Penn Gillette, Penn Sunday School. I recommend you give it a watch. Uh, listen, um, talking with one of the most uh, well-spoken religious talker folk. Uh, just in the world, period, full stop. So, uh, it, it's it, if you like the sounds of uh, people, not necessarily on different sides, Pete is definitely more on the religious side. Uh, I don't know if he would even call himself religious necessarily, but on definitely on more levels he is than Pendulette, who's very much not in terms of being a very uh, a devout atheist, if such an oxymoron. Yeah, does that make sense? Is that an oxymoron? It might be. Anyways, uh, let's move on to uh, a new addition to uh, my podcast listening repertoire. And that is something called The Besties. This is from uh, the good folks over at Polygon, who have sort of delved into their stuff a lot lately. Uh, I've realized since I uh, listened to this uh, best of 2000 uh, best of 2017 episode they put out that they put out one episode a month so i'm looking forward to that um but the one that sort of got me on board of course was uh they put out this thing it's called the besties it's a podcast about the best in video games of a of a month but then i guess they also do a yearly episode so they just spoke of um uh, the best games of 2017 from their perspectives. Uh, two of the perspectives of, are from McElroy's, who are podcasting uh, uh, royalty, I guess you would say. Okay, uh, last but not least, uh, Escape from Tarkov Temptation videos. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> this is probably not going to help me talking about it. Uh, there's a video game called Escape from Tarkov. Uh, it's still in alpha uh probably going to be in beta soon what that means if you're unfamiliar with that term uh it's not quite ready for release to the public they're still sort of testing things uh this happens more often with online games because so much can go wrong i guess um and it looks so far up my alley that I've been so tempted to buy it, but I, I've never bought a game that's still in this stage of development. Uh, one of my worries, thoughts, reasons for not buying it is it's not on Steam. Uh, it probably will be, but there is potential, and I've, I've done some research into this, that I could buy it, play it, love it, and then all the quote-unquote hard work I would put in on that version of it, I would lose, 
uh, when it went over to Steam. So it's that sort of uh, your 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 work on a video game. Which if you don't play video games, this might not make sense to you. But if you play a video game for a hundred hours and you've got all this, this time and effort built up. Uh, you've collected all these things. Probably for me, the best example was Fallout uh, or Fallout New Vegas, where I spent hundreds of hours getting, you know, uh, every single gun you could possibly get in the game, and I'm all uh, displayed out on the bar. And it took me a shit ton of time to do that. If someone said, "Okay, we're gonna erase all that. You uh, you can play this still, but you have to start from scratch," I would not be a happy camper. So my sort of thought is. Uh, I'll wait until I see it's on Steam, and then it will be sort of fully released. But then I watch all these videos that see how amazing it is. And then there's the idea that if you buy it in this stage, you get some cool things that you wouldn't get otherwise, like cool upgrades, uh, a bigger stash. I, I, you know what, I sort of meant to talk a little bit about the game here. Uh, it's very, very interesting. It's almost like you're dropped into a map where you can come in and out of this map uh, the sort of scary thing about it is, uh, picture, uh, what's a, what's a good example? We could use Fallout again. So picture Fallout, where, uh, you're in your home base, uh, and then you go out and, uh, all the guns and ammo and armor and, and, and right away and <laughs> everything you're carrying on your body is, is on your body. Uh, and then say you get shot down by somebody, all that stuff is gone. Yeah, it's all gone. You're not getting it back. Whereas in, you know, typical games, Fallout, for example, uh, say you get killed, you just restart from before you got killed, and uh, all your stuff's still there. Now, the reason that's happening is because uh, you're playing on a map with actual real live people, so they are trying to kill you and take all your shit. <laughs> so that's a sort of scary element of it. Uh, it's almost like gambling in a way, uh, and, and people talk, uh, like a, I've watched a bunch of it on Twitch as well, which is not helping my desire to get it, uh, of that sort of fear of, of losing, of working towards goals, having all this cool equipment, uh, getting towards where you're extra extracted from the map, and you're almost there, and you're almost there, and then some asshole kills you right before you're about to leave, and all that hard work and all the stuff you picked up is just gone. Uh, so that's kind of scary. Uh, I don't know if I could, if my poor heart could take it. Uh, anyways, folks, uh, yeah, we did it. Hey, go listen to my favorite episode and ignore this piece of garbage that just happened. Jesus Christ. It's nice to be nice to the nice. I like Ron. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but...
but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.